Hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right inside, folks. This way, the show's about to start. Hey, what's inside, mister? What's that, son? What's inside? Oh, my dear boy, only the most wonderful, weird, amazing things your young eyes have ever seen. Like what? Tell you what. I'll let you in free of charge just to find out. Really? Sure. Okay. Thanks, mister. The show's about to start. Prepare to witness the abject horror of Pogo, the only clown turned cannibal in captivity. But don't worry, folks. You'll be safe inside. You see, he's already had a bite to eat. This is Lance Henriksen, and I'm talking to a bunch of yellow bastards. You are listening to Spooky Flicks. Stay tuned if you dare. <laughs> I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the guys over at Midnight Syndicate. Uh, they were wonderful enough to allow us to use their uh, absolutely amazing kick-ass song that played at the uh, intro that's uh, called Lullaby. So thanks for that. Check them out at MidnightSyndicate.com. You can check them out on Facebook. Just look for uh, Midnight Syndicate. And I am joined, as always, by the undead Jason. Brains. Brains. Oh, but there's none on this show, so I'm safe. Good. Yeah, yeah, you are good. <laughs> I'm starving on this show. Good evening, sir. Holy crap. It's Spooky Flicks Fest 2012. Yes, and how did, how did you like that intro, Jay? Oh, creepy. It, it gave you creepy, chi- my it, friend. It gave you chills. It gave me a shudder somewhere. I can't yeah. say where, but. <laughs> taint. It, it was in the taint. It always is in the taint. It's in the taint. <laughs> Here's the thing, folks. You would think that Jason and I were brave enough, nay, courageous enough. To do this show by ourselves, but no, no, no. <laughs> We're um, pretty, pretty much uh, yellow. As, uh, uh, chicken as, shits, as some, uh, if as, you will. Yeah, as, pretty much. <laughs> so we had to have someone come on with us. Somebody who is manly, yet feminine. Um, hairy, yet bald in all the right places. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and only, the greatest shoe artist in history, Kevin the miggity 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 mac daddy spencer hey guys <laughs> <clears throat> that was an interesting intro yeah it was better than this one which is the other one i was going to go with <laughs> but i figured the other that one the one i went with was much more polite and just so you know yes angela my wife did shave my neck before this so i figured i'm slightly less hairy than jason is that because when you get too close to the computer, the static electricity from yes. all of the hair will will potentially short out the motherboard? 
Oh yeah, and I'm pretty sure when I was in line at Dunkin' Donuts, the lady behind me was braiding my neck hair. So <laughs> that's usually like, a good sign. Oh wait, wait, and she wait, the best part was is she had already gone through the line once, so she was actually eating a jelly donut, and it was like all stuck to her fingers. She's like licking them off, and like, mm-hmm. and then she would like <laughs> grab the hairs and kind of take that like jelly saliva concoction and just use that as like a mousse. Oh yeah, and I said, I said to be honest with you, if you're gonna do it, don't leave me hanging. Give me like pigtails. So she had to go back around to finish it off. Yeah, well, that really is no, good. No, no, you got dreads. You got dreads. You're you're now called Kevin Lyon. Okay. <laughs> I got Princess Leia buns on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a mole. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is a momentous occasion because after one full freaking year of you doing amazing show art for us, this is your first appearance on the show. And I believe so, your and I believe your sh- your show art started with was it the very first episode of the Spooky Flicks? I know we put up the thing for the thing. What was the yeah, what was the first? It was actually I think that was the first one. Okay. Yeah, it was the head from the thing that flips upside down, has the legs coming out yeah, of it. Nor- Norris, right? That was the uh, yeah. Norris. the Norris head. Yep. 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 And then we went to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Uh, which we did with Paul Osborne, which had that very cool Freddy. Yep. Uh, gear and then it the rest was uh history or uh hysterectomy or whatever <laughs> yeah six of one well <laughs> yeah. now i'm trying to because i know we have the night of the living dead one which was the final episode of the october spooky flicks fest you should go back and check that one out because we did the original and the remake with daryl uh, taylor yeah podcaster which is still one of my favorite still one of my favorite episodes we've ever done and still one of my favorite uh spooky movies we did last year so I'm just trying to remember what other did you, was that the first time Kevin you had done a banner or did you did one before that one didn't you? I think the first one was Night uh, of the Creeps. Yes. Yes. Ha! I knew I'd pull it out, and I was. Oh, that's right. The ripped off face. Yes. Yep. yep. That was it. Ah, oh, memories. I wish I had like oh, a so, little carp. So. I wish I had like the Carpenters music or something to play right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so of course it's no secret at this point. Because last week we had our little bonus episode. I'll give you guys a sneak peek. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm pretty sure in that episode, I don't remember now. Did we mention? Did we mention? Uh, what? You, you know, the thing. That, no, not the movie. The... No, we didn't mention it. God damn it. Okay. We got to talk about it, though. Well, here's the key. Well, so... here's, here's the key. I have, like, all those really cool sound bites I'd love to use. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so we we tussled back and forth whether or not to mention it, but we didn't in our sneak peek. But we will now because it's officially Spooky Flicks Fest. But we had an amazing revisit uh, from a guest uh, that we had. Um, gosh, how long has it been? Twenty episodes at least. Uh, by this episode, it'd be twenty-one because it was episode sixty. That's right. Yeah. Um, we had acting legend artist. And all around kick-ass and guy. Would you say provocateur? I'd say provocateur. I'd say intellectual lore. <laughs> the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and movie lover uh, Lance. Uh, I forget his last name. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't Armstrong. I know that. Lance Armstrong. No. Nope. Lance Hendrickson. Yes. Um, one of the coolest people I've met uh, on interviewing on the show. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was definitely no. Cool. It was badass. Yes, it, it was. was. Badass. And of course, you know um, all that because. On. Go ahead, Jay. Um, it was awesome because we had not only do we have Lance on, uh, uh, we also had Peter came back on again because he was with us last time we talked to Lance, and um, also Kevin, who did the 
really kick-ass show art. And I would point out to everybody out there in the podcast land that Lance, somewhere in his house, has a piece of Kevin's art hanging in his home. And we're so. and we're like 80% sure he never used it to wipe his ass. <laughs> like 75% sure. Well, okay, yeah, probably more like 70, 75. 72, 72. Okay, if I'm being completely honest, I'm like 3% sure. But the point is, <laughs> I doubt he did. It got to his house. It got. It did it get got there. To his house. It did get yes. there. And look, look, look at this way. Honestly, even if I had, you know, slightest bit of talent like Kevin did, I would be proud to know that Lance Henriksen's fecal matter <laughs> was smeared on my art. <laughs> yes, of because, course. Because then he would say, oh, shit, that's an awful fucking image. Why did I come up with that shit? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sir Lance. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice setup. Thank you. That was good. I think that, that comment will state. get a lot of use, <laughs> along with uh, other ones that I may have queued up. Yeah, um, and uh, for next week, uh, parental guidance is suggested. Just saying, PG, maybe. Uh, uh. I'm thinking <laughs> that we should have given that disclaimer at the beginning of the show. Of every show. <laughs> Indeed. So, guys. So, it's amazing. So, tonight... Tonight is the big night, so we decided tonight, to tonight, tonight, tonight. I oh can't stand that, again. <laughs> that song. Tonight's huge, man, because yeah. this was our first. This is our first movie uh, that we that we actually covered for Spooky Flicks Fest, and this is one we've actually talked about for quite a while. Um, I've actually, actually cried. I begged so much to to do this one. We've talked about this for well over a year. Yeah. Um, it almost made it on last year yep. uh, in Netflix Fest, but finally this year we decided to tag it on. It is The People Under the Stairs by Wes Craven. So um, I know one of the reasons we brought you on, Kevin, is this is a favorite of yours as well. So yes, um, like you, if we can, kick into the trailer. Uh, indeed we can, my friend. Indeed we can. In every neighborhood, there is one house that adults whisper about and children cross the street to avoid now Wes Craven creator of a nightmare on Elm Street takes you inside something's in there we gotta get out of here Leroy all sorts of rumors about what goes on in that house the police never took it serious she's been feeding that thing between the walls again very, very tense about this. What goes on in this house is a sin. But what goes on under the stairs is a nightmare. <laughs> Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. Hello, I'm JV. You may know me from such podcasts as JV Mail, About 12 Minutes, and the video game Journey Down Chapter 1. The following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that, if you have not yet seen it, may ruin your viewing experience. So if you plan to see this film, please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film, which you can find at... Netflix on DVD! We now return you to Forgotten Flicks. 
already in progress. What's under the stairs is a nightmare. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's good stuff, man. So yes, uh, in good. case you're new to the show, we spoil the hell out of it. So if you haven't seen this movie, a, what's wrong with you? You call yourself a horror fan. You should be ashamed of yourself. B, B, um, yeah, you might want to turn this off. Which you might want to do anyway at this point, but. Well, but when we, specifically when we talk about horror flicks, because they tend to have twists and turns and surprises, uh, we are going to kind of ruin a few things for you. So uh, you may want to pause, go turn on Netflix. Oh, you'll get the DVD. DVD. Yep. And, and I'm not uh, saying that YouTube it. may have it in parts. No, we are not saying that whatsoever. No, we would never say no. such a thing. Actually, I'd suggest buying this because, uh, you know, it's probably in your best by $5 bin. But, you know, just go out and uh, check it out. So, Yes, indeedy. So, Jason, you want to hit us with a uh, synopsis that will prob- uh, hopefully not last until the 2013 October Spooky Flicks Fest? No, just until our Christmas special. Okay. Um, so this is a story of a fool named Joel. No, uh, named. Wait, no, uh, no, you got to do it right. Go. Boo. 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 We should do the entire podcast like we had our tongues cut out. You know what? That pretty much sounds like what we say already. So. You think that's what actually everybody hears? Like, we hear ourselves as being, you know, marginally articulate. But if for everyone else, it's like... The movie opens on Fool's 13th birthday and his semi-superstitious sister who... Semi? Um, what the hell are you talking about? Semi-superstitious. <laughs> well, she is because she kind of reads the tarot cards, but kind of doesn't. So, I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> she kind of does, but she kind of doesn't. <laughs> and then she changes but he her calls mind. Them... <laughs> he, but uh, at one point, Fool actually calls them like tarot cards. So, I assume she's not that good. Okay. <laughs> if she... <laughs> But she reads the cards, and actually that's where she gets his name from, is he's the fool. And she explains to him that it doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you're ignorant, you don't know, and the fool has a choice. And Basically, that's you're kind a dumbass. Yes. <laughs> so that's the setup. And the story is uh, they're being evicted from their apartment by their landlords, whom they don't know. And his mom is very, very ill with an apparently curable cancer uh, that with surgery can fix her, but they don't have money for it. So family friend named Leroy, uh, which we assume is some sort of pimp for his sister, uh, if not a much older creepy friend to a much younger creepy girl. Um, I don't think, you, he's I don't gonna, think would, do you, you thought it was supposed to be her pimp? I never got that vibe. Well, he talked about that she turns tricks. No, no, and, I think he said she'd have to. To make to earn the money to get the yeah, I think it's what he was insinuating. I think he was just her boyfriend, and he was a you know 
He was obviously a yeah, but he's Robin like liquor store. 15, 20 years older than her. Because uh, it's being Rames, of course. I mean, not to steal your thunder. I think you're thinking of a different movie, Jason. That's people yeah. people under my ass, and that can be found <laughs> you porn, not YouTube. It's people under my nutsack. That's what it was. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Vin Rames plays the part of Leroy, who's the, I guess, friend of the family that's going to help him out by getting fool arrested for grand (laughs) which apparently everybody else in their family every other sibling is in prison for something um because they were all friends with leroy at a critical time in their lives and it was fool's turn um and so he tells fool they have a foolproof whoa Uh i saw what you did there i like it (laughs) they have a plan where he and his buddy spencer are going to rob the landlords because when they robbed the liquor store the night before they found this paper that said that the landlords had all this gold coins in their house i want to be gold yeah leroy and his buddy spencer were gonna rob the house but they needed a kid to kind of set it up and and uh, case the joint so they get leroy to help him out and it turns out this house super creepy it used to be a mortuary funeral home that's never um, creepy and in the front, the sign is even kind of cockeyed, falling half off the, the uh, post. Um, he poses as a bear scout, goes up, tries to get in, and the lady of the house uh, won't let him in. And it turns out the house is fortified from the outside in, mm-hmm. which they don't realize until it's too late. That keeps people from escaping the house. Indeed. And, and is it just me or... Was there, considering the whole, obviously a, a, a big element of this is the social commentary running through it uh, yeah. with the whole, you know, the idea of the, the social classes and this, you know, this, we will get into what their relationship is in a little bit, but the, the landlords, yeah. um, just me or the projects look pretty good compared to their joint because <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> seedy. I mean, like, I'm thinking, do you guys ever clean? Do you? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was weird. So uh, the inside was almost like a museum piece. And so the, the, the whole gist of it, and I'll, I'll leave the synopsis at this because I do want to go to Christmas, but you'll shut me up. Um, <laughs> so the whole idea is that the landlords uh, who are this couple, and I quote finger, couple mm-hmm. that live in the house, man and woman or mommy and daddy, they call each other, um, basically have been kidnapping children to try and find the perfect kids. If they don't like something about the kid, primarily see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. They cut the bad part out and then store them on the stairs. So they store them under the stairs in their makeshift prison. Um, They have one perfect child thus far, which is a girl named Alice and she is intact. Uh, but when <laughs> Fool goes in, uh, he and Leroy and Spencer are all trapped in. Spoiler, Leroy and Spencer don't end up so well. Uh, then Leroy really discovers so, huh? the whole thing, the reality of the situation, and tries to help. So that's kind of the gist of it. Um, evil landlord, rich people with hostages under the stairs, mm. and a young boy trying to right so all right yeah that was a pretty uh it's about thanksgiving now, I, uh, so. i'd say I think I, that was actually longer than than the movie itself 
the spoiler alert really is only for Jason's synopsis because you know, you, you remember kiss back... my kiss my fool ass. That's all I got to say. Well, I I, I would also like to point. Out, remember back in the day when you get the TV guy, you're all excited because oh, it's going to be on HBO because you know there's only one of them, and they would have the little like two sentences, and like you got the whole gist of the movie. Yeah, Jason never yeah. ever read those <laughs> ever. <laughs> So, Kevin, I want to start with you. you. This was a favorite of yours. I wanted to hear what your thoughts were re-watching it uh, after all these this time. Well, to be honest, I, you, I watch it about once every other year just because it is one of my favorites. But um, mm-hmm. one of the things I really like is I've always loved Wes Craven because I'm obviously a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. And I particularly like how he does like creepy, weird humor in movies to the point where you're almost unsure. Like this doesn't really come across to me like a horror movie so much as just, I guess it's mostly because every character is so over the top and portrays such a stereotype for whatever it is. Even like with the, uh, the kids under the stairs who are all deformed and stuff like that. When, I mean, they, they wouldn't get sunlight and stuff, but they look like they're trolls. <laughs> so <laughs> right, like, like the white people being evil ruling white people and all the black people from the ghetto. I mean, obviously you can't watch this movie and not think that, but, there's a lot funny in this movie. Um, and so it, it's it's like a fun movie that doesn't take itself too seriously, I don't think. Which is ironic because it's actually the to, to the point about the whole white people, rich, the whole, you know, the social commentary is heavy handed as hell. But I think because it's so goofy and over the top and campy, it's like on one hand, I would take it as because knowing, you know, Craven, he was a philosophy professor and. Um, in all of his, I mean, you go back to like Last House on the Left, man. He's always had like these. He actually tries to add layers of subtext and 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 social yeah. meaning to his movies, which I think gives them a level of depth that most, you know, let's be honest, a lot of horror movies specifically don't have. Uh, but because he goes to the trouble of, of doing all that, but almost in this movie, because to your point, Kevin, I hadn't watched. I I saw this like three four years ago. It seemed like, but oh my, I didn't. It was weird. I didn't remember. I don't remember how funny it was. Yeah. Like it was like, I was laughing out loud more than I felt creeped out. And when I was a kid and I watched it, it creeped me out. Some of the one liners are fucking hilarious. Oh yeah. I mean, for, for instance, this one. Mommy caught him trying to call for help one day. and Daddy had to teach him speak no evil. Right. Your father's one sick mother. You know that? Actually, your mother's one sick mother, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, the funniest thing has to be when uh, when, when the when Daddy thinks he, thinks he shoots um, Fool in the Wall, okay. and he goes, I got him, and then does this little dance, and oh, the, the yeah. just looking at him like, are you fucking kidding me? But yeah, the, the, well, okay, for instance, when, you know, obviously within the context of the story, uh, you know, Fool with Leroy gets trapped in the house, as Jason said, and he's on his own at some point. Well, there's a quote unquote thing in the walls. And that is Roach, who, as you heard in the trailer, was the, Ooh, that yeah. guy. And he was one of the kids. He got out of the cellar. And so now he's, I guess, sort of always in battle with the man. Cause I think they only ever refer to them as the man and the woman, even in the credits. That's how they refer it. I think at one point she calls him Elrod or Elron or something to that effect. But for the most part, it's yeah. always mommy, daddy, the man, the woman, all that stuff. So, with with Roach, he and the man are constantly going back and forth. But at one point, when Fool is down in the basement and 
I guess Roach is trying to save him from the people under the stairs. Uh, Leroy has subsequently in, in the interim been gutted by man who's obviously, oh, that's the other thing is I'm assuming they were cannibals because. Right. Yeah. They were because totally- in, the, in, in the beginning when they showed the landlords, which is, you know, mommy and daddy, they showed uh, them sitting around this big Victorian fireplace and daddy's, uh, you know, in his plush uh, velvet chair at a, um, looks like a TV tray eating and he's spitting out chunks of buckshot yeah, as he's eating shot. these ribs. Yeah, damn buckshot. And then later, of course, as Leroy is, which is the one of the more graphic scenes of the the movie, Leroy is hanging by his ankles, being literally gutted like a deer. Um, and Daddy is there chewing on bits of his inside as he's cutting him up and presumably butchering him like he would for something to eat. Well, and a, um, and a little bit later, when Roach goes to say full, he. Uh, removes Leroy's corpse from this, you know, retention <laughs> pond pit thing in the basement. And a well. Yeah, a well. And uses it as a dummy to scare off the people on the stairs. And so he's like behind <laughs> it going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and, I think it's funny that that scared the people under the stairs because essentially he was just mimicking them. Yeah, and, and it was... Right. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah, that was that but, was. But, but they weren't okay. I, I got a I got a bone right there. <clears throat> Boner bone. So sure, yeah. you mentioned earlier, Kevin. Their faces are all these kind of troll white, like they've literally lived in a completely enclosed dark space for the better part of fifteen years. Because well, I mean, theoretically, we talk about uh, they had flashlights, but we you know we, they talk about the fact that. Um, mommy and daddy tried to find a boy child or whatever, and none of them worked out. So they would cut out the bad parts and put them in the basement. But the basement had all these windows in it. So all this light came in during the daytime. How were they like these pale, freakish troll people with when there's still some light coming in? Well, to Kevin's point earlier, they why even if they had been without light for that long, they wouldn't look like mutants. Right. I mean, uh, by the way, mutants with perfect hair. No, that one, dude, the main one, the the main one. The blonde. Wait, wait, that was Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. (laughs) (laughs) It was totally Sebastian Bach from Skid Row as a people under the stairs mutant. Oh, yes. Wasn't it? He had the hair. I was getting ready to go. Yeah. 18 alive, you got it. 18 alive, you Okay, just for the record, yeah, I may or may not have gone to a Sebastian Bach concert. Oh, so you didn't even go 2000- to a Skid Row concert? You went to a Sebastian oh, no. Bach concert? It was Sebastian Bach, House of Blues, 2000. Also, oh, this was more of the bloated, less, less purdy Sebastian Bach years. <laughs> Spent. Uh, Got it. Sebastian Bach. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, interject- Still have the hair. Oh, I can't believe we're picking apart the people under the stairs <laughs> and, and the fact that, and that there might be some like plot holes. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> a, a listener we have, uh, turns out we have a listener in Ireland. Apparently, I have not done enough Irish accents because I didn't offend this person enough. To, so they actually emailed us. <laughs> uh, her name is Laura, uh, Lori Lee. She pointed out she wanted us, she, she loves people under the stairs. She did admit maybe a bit of C&D involved. But see, I would argue mm. perhaps there is, but because it plays kind of funny now, as well as having the horror elements, it's okay. 
she um, also taught me a new word. I guess it's a Gaelic word because uh, I did at first I thought she was uh, her autocorrect on her phone or whatever was just going ape shit because she <laughs> she kept writing W E I N like ween and I thought she was trying to write like kid or child or something. I'm like why what what does that mean? Turns out it's Wayne and I guess that is in Ireland how they refer to a kid as a Wayne. Ah, gotcha. Yep. So <laughs> if you're talking about the serial killer. You'd say John Kid Gacy. <laughs> yes. Right. So she wrote, and I'm going to just read it. Um, it said, uh, something always bothered me about the film, even the first time I watched it, was just how many boys were under the stairs. Alice said the quote-unquote parents wanted the perfect boy, chi- boy child. Then when the Wayne, a.k.a. kid, messed up by hearing evil blah blah, they cut off their whatever and threw them into the basement. Then they got another kid. They were there were like 20 kids under there. I always thought that they couldn't really talk evil or whatever till they were, say, four at least. Then they would get another <laughs> child. So how long have they been at this? 20 kids under the stairs times four-ish years before they get their eyes cut out is 80 years? Hmm, I smell a plot <laughs> hole. <laughs> she also wanted to tell us both that she loved the show um, and that we give her a good laugh when uh, we're talking about, even when we're talking about a movie she hasn't seen. So... <laughs> Uh, apparently, which most of the time is movies we haven't seen either. So yeah. we're I mean, all we, we tend to stick with the obscure, you know, like the diehards and the gremlins. Um, no, no, no. We just make shit up. That's and there is that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she makes a valid a point. point. But I always took it. I always took it as they picked up a kid and the kid was rebellious from the second they picked them up because obviously they were kidnapping them. I don't think they kidnapped all babies. I think they were just kidnapping, you know, uh, yeah, you have, there's an assumption there. If you're assuming babies, then to her, she has a point. Although I would say her point requires there to be somewhat of a spectrum because uh, having, uh, and Jason and, and Kevin, you can speak to this as well, I'm sure, having two-year-old in the toddler range, no, they you could probably want to cut out tongues and eyes before four. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> At least yeah, tongues. but they don't sit still long enough, damn it. Yeah. But to the, to the point of the age when they were kidnapped, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when there's a scene when he's in like an office, the the daddy, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, it's just creepy saying that, but um, <laughs> he's in like an office, like running around trying to find them in the wall, and there's actually a bulletin board with like 20 pictures of kids on it, and they're all yes. like, like 10 or 11 years oh, old. Oh, I totally so, missed that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, no. Go ahead, Kev. Oh, I was just going to say, from from they were like all different style pictures, so it, it looked like it was set up to think that those were pictures taken soon after they were kidnapped. And I know it's probably reading far too much into it, but that's that kind of made me think along the lines of they were already like like ten or eleven when they were kidnapped. That makes yeah, sense. and, and sense. you know that I'll go ahead and spool my load here. Um, I had seen this movie back. Uh, a long time ago, not when it was in the theaters, but not long after. And I had memories of it. Like I knew what it was about and I knew the um, the story and everything, but I hadn't watched it in a really long time, at least 10 or 15 years. But rewatching it now, I freaking loved it. And one of the things that I loved about it is there were subtleties like that, Kevin. Like this, the time when they had daddy walking into that room and it was literally like a what you would think a serial killer has on their wall, what they always show in the movies with, all this, the photos and all of the, like they had candles in the room, like it was a shrine to all these different kids. Oh, and yeah. it was, but it was subtle because they didn't play up the, you didn't have to walk in and hear him 
you know, um, monologuing about it or talking about why they needed kids or what happened. It literally was just, you understood they were just crazy and just kidnapping kids and you didn't have to see it in front. You could see it in the back, um, as it was up on the wall, as he was, as he was, uh, chasing the other ones through the, through the walls, uh, or through the attic, uh, but I, I love that part. That scene was subtle, but it was very powerful. So well, and there was ahead, there was Tom. another spot too. I don't know if uh, it was later on in the movie. And when they're in the room with all the money, there's like a blown out wall, and behind that, there's all these shelves with like organs in it. And yes. I, uh, yes. At first, I was like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it was a funeral home, so that makes sense." That was another <laughs> really cool little thing. Mm. Yeah, well, I wait, thought of it too because I. The jars are all there with some specimens in them, yeah, and exactly. it just makes you wonder what else. Yeah. Well, and what's cool mm-hmm. about that is, now that you say that, when I when I think back to the movie in totality, you don't. They're really they don't go into too many backstories for anybody. Like they don't. There's no moments like with Leroy. He doesn't. He just kind of shows up, and they don't go into right. too much. You know, you just have to fill in the gaps. Yeah. You know. He, well, he, yeah. The only the only backstories with the uncle or the uh, the grandfather uh, Booker. When he yeah, tells, when he them, tells uh, them the story about it, yeah. but that's like towards like that would normally be at the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah. Cause for the first half of the movie, there's like a huge, like what the fuck vibe going on where all this stuff, yeah. I mean, in the meantime, daddy's been pulling guns out of ovens and coming out in gimp costumes. <laughs> I love that. I, I love mean, the never... top desk costume. Yeah. The gimp costume. <laughs> I love what she so... tells him, go get on your, what did she say? Go get on your, your suit. Yeah, your outfit or yeah, get your suit. And then all of a sudden, the shot, he just pops into the screen and he's wearing a full on gimp costume with a shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that brings up that actually sets up for me. One of the two scariest, like really horror. I guess horror we talked about before is really authentic. Horror has more of a supernatural feel to it. But if we want to talk about like scary movies, there are two moments in this movie that really kind of freak me out, both when I first watch it and even when I rewatch it, knowing it's coming up. But the point at which. Um, there's there's a segment that Fool escapes. He gets out of the house. It's it's about I don't know halfway through or or three quarters of the way through. He gets out and he realizes he's got to go back because he left Alice there, who's he's become friends with. So he calls the cops. The cops all come in and he sneaks in. And even as a viewer, uh, as a watcher of the movie, you don't realize he snuck in until everybody's cleared out of the house. Yeah. And mommy and daddy are walking up the steps and they kind of have that dialogue about, oh, but I was nervous because they left the door open for so long. I don't know if someone came in and they go upstairs. And then that's, of course, when the, the camera pans over to the kitchen and you see Fool has been hiding in the kitchen cabinets. He slowly creeps out. He hears them talking up in their bedroom, grabs a fire iron, creeps up the steps. And they're not there. It's fucking tape recorder on their bed. Of yeah. them talking. That was good. That's, yeah. And that's when daddy comes out in his gimp costume with the big shotgun and stuff. And that, that, all, that freaked me out. So Although I will say I like to... he, he was a clumsy bastard. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I like to <laughs> how full, to that. <laughs> full goes for the fire poker when every fucking cupboard in that house has like a shotgun with a band. He has like <laughs> an assault rifle. Yeah. AK 47. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, the other moment, the other moment that really, really got me that I even rewatching it now was is great is at the end when mommy decides that Alice is evil, damn you to hell, mm-hmm. um, and comes at her with that knife. Oh, and that look on her face. Oh, that rubber knife. That was awesome. 
<laughs> that clearly rubber knife that wobbles as she as she tries to stab. One of the things I struggle with because I when I watch people under the stairs, I I really was blown away. I I didn't remember how good it was, or at least when I rewatched it, I thought, God, this is better than I remember it was when I first watched it. How would you classify this? I mean, it's not. It's a horror movie. I mean, it's it, it, yeah, it's kind of horror comedy, but it's a it horror. It's a it's a horror with a lot of it's a horror with a lot of dark humor in it. So, you know, it's. But it's not really. I mean, I don't even know if it's full on horror. Other yeah, than yeah. there's definitely graphic guts and and killing in it. The, but... the problem is, and this is the reason why the horror. And I think was it Boris Karloff that used to get really pissed when people would call his movies horror movies. Yeah. Not because he was being a snob, yeah. but he called it. He liked to call them terror pictures. And and, right. and and I think because horror is at the end when you look at you look up the textbook definition, it's just about being disgusted and it's it's a it's a queasy right. feel. It's a feeling. And so to, being to, horrified. Yeah, being horrified. So. You know, technically, you know, you could go through and say, like, you know, the opening battle scene in Saving Private Ryan is horrifying because it is. Right. But that's not a horror movie. So there's all these different little elements that have to be there. And I think there's enough of that there with the people under the stairs that even though it never goes deep into supernatural territory, I think the fact that the people under the stairs look the way they do, the fact that there's references to the whole tarot card reading and, and all those kind of pieces, I think you could argue it has a bit of a supernatural bent to it. Uh, obviously, the tone of it, it's 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 we you know, it's like uh, when H.P. Lovecraft was writing, it wasn't called horror. It was weird fiction, which I think is a nice yeah. umbrella that ca- encapsulates a lot of different stuff. So it, as long as it's weird, it qualified. And uh, that's a weird movie. So, you know, it qualifies, in my opinion, under the weird genre label. So, yeah, because because for this one, there was no I mean, other than the fact that I mean, we mentioned it, but mommy and daddy were technically uh brother and sister right yes. and as kevin pointed out that one of the things i loved about the film is it, it wasn't until way into it that grandpa booker came in and kind of gave a commentary about what it was who they were mm-hmm. which i love that because i love the fact the whole setup was like you said kevin what the fuck what's going on here who the hell are these people and he kind of explains oh that's those people have been around for generations they they were just funeral home operators. They they got into real estate. They got super rich, and then they got super crazy. Which is interesting. Did you what... think that he was going to start alluding to the inbreeding? Like they, they they got crazy. He said all he said is they got the more money they got, the greedier they got, the greedier they got, the crazier they got. But yeah, because yeah. it was a they were, ended up being a brother and sister. Did you get the vibe like must have been like generational inbreeding? Was that the vibe? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, kind of like the X Files episode where they. Oh um, yeah, home. They found the Civil War people yeah. who had been the, living in the same the house war for of Northern aggression. Yeah, where the where the people had been just basically inbreeding in the same house since Kevin, the Civil have you War. Seen that was... one? Do you remember that X Files episode? Oh yeah. Oh my God, that was awesome. To this day, I, I watched was... I watched that a couple years ago. I was like, oh, this is such a good episode. And mommy is on a little wheeled cart. Yeah, she had, like no arms and legs, right? And they like pull her out. Yes. She's like got no teeth yeah. except for like a couple yeah. like nubby ones. And all the boys get their turn with her. (laughs) See, what I thought would have made more sense, especially when when Booker gives that uh, explanation, was to me it would have been a good point to steer it in the direction where the kids under the stairs were inbred kids, which is why they were all fucked up. Mm. And then maybe they kidnapped later on when they realized that fucking sister is going to make weird kids. Yeah. But um, but which is totally a myth. By, to, totally a myth, like, by the way. I want to inject that. Totally a myth, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but 
but yeah, I, I didn't see the. Uh, there's always the weird vibe between mommy and daddy, but I didn't see the incest thing coming. And then when it did come, like, like it's weird that the way that mommy and daddy act is so over the top that that's probably the scariest part of the movie is like, oh, yeah. you just are uneasy watching it and you're like, oh, I need to shower. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't really actually go into the whole incest thing. I mean, they allude to it probably two or three times where the, she says, I'm going to bed. Come with me. Or the part where daddy goes up to check on her in the attic when Alice is chained up oh, yeah. and he kind of does the crotch thing. That's the only, well, that's the only time they really allude to the idea of reference. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, he is wearing a full leather gimp suit, but <laughs> other, that, other than that, other than that, but they don't, but they don't actually go into. No, I like that though. I like the fact that they, it's very subtle, and you assume that these are a married couple because they live together. They call themselves mommy and daddy, and they go through all the whole thing. But they don't get into, they don't cross the line into that. They don't actually kiss during the whole thing. They don't actually do anything that you know feels. Blah, but they allude to it enough that it makes you feel really, You're really. You're absolutely right, and- Jason. The guy running around in a gimp costume and chewing on it <laughs> raw meat as he guts a body. That didn't make me say, "Ugh." The idea of them no, kissing. Make, no. If they kissed, no. I would have said, oh. <laughs> now, I wanted to point out something. I did notice something. I went back and watched it again a couple of times. One of the things that it was was pretty cool about, I don't know if this was intentional, but this definitely turned out. When Mommy was angry, so the times that she was really upset and freaked out when something happened, her eyebrows were dark and black. Huh. During the scenes that she was upset and her hair was must, but the times that she was supposed to be calm and like when the police came and when she answered the door, her eyebrows were were a lot more mellow. I mean, visually, <laughs> it made her look like you said the mommy dearest mm-hmm. feel to it because of the the way the eyebrows were. But I went back and looked; they actually her eyebrows were darker. I don't know if that's intentional or not. I assume it is, hmm. but. She was kind of freaky. Like and, a little subtle kind of subconscious thing to make you aware yeah. of her, her rage. Because her hair is red, but the way that they made her eyebrows look was was a dark black when she was angry. And it just gave her face that much more of a freaky look. So when she uh, did the, you know, wobbly knife thing, <laughs> her, her eyebrows were, and she just had that scream with her tongue out coming at you. It was so, that just made it, I think, even more intense. So when she gets mad, she doesn't get devil horns. She gets, like, Peter Gallagher eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> they, they merge together into a single unibrow, and she shoots a laser out of it. Yeah, now now that we're almost an hour in, I will officially say that I hate this movie. Um, oh, shut your hole. You lie. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you love it. Thank you, Lance. That's exactly what I was Actually, thinking. Actually, no, that wasn't Lance. That was Daddy from the movie. Remember when the dog comes to the door? Oh, yeah. Shut the fuck up! Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So next time you we inter- need another dog. Next time you Princey. interrupt me, Jason. Next time. Shut what? the fuck up! Every time you interrupt. <laughs> No, uh, it, it, yeah, this was always a favorite of mine when growing up, and I hadn't seen it in a few years, so part of me was a little bit anxious. I'm like, oh god, please. This happens too often. So, but what was, I didn't, obviously I still like it a lot. 
it was like, I liked it, but in a totally different way for totally different reasons. Does that make sense? Like the reason why I loved it before was all just the horror stuff, but I completely saw it differently this time. Like I thought I really saw it more of a, con- it is a horror movie by definition. Like if you go to a video store, that's where it's going to be. Yeah. But I literally, the reaction it got out of me, like intentionally was laughter. It, and it was almost like, because the humor was there, it offset. Like, I feel like if that movie was made like now, like they remade it, it would pretty much that all the humor would have been like sucked dry from it. It would have had this nihilistic tone through the whole damn thing. And it would have ended with fool having his eyelids like cut off with pruning shears. Well, and, <laughs> and I think the two people that carried the humor in this by far fool, his character was hilarious. I mean, he, he did a great yeah. job as your the mother's kid. one it, sick mother too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But Everett McGill as daddy. Yeah, he was. Oh great. my God. He was the best. Yeah. He was, he was absolutely my favorite in this. I don't know. Ooh, Roach was pretty good. <laughs> Just if, you think yeah, about it, if you think about it, to Joel's point, Wes Craven, particularly with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, there's yeah. a bit more gore in them. But if you watch those, I mean, you're laughing out loud a lot too, especially with Freddy's character. I mean, oh, he's yeah. he's like the one liner machine. I feel oh, like, yeah. I feel like a lot of what of Wes Craven stuff is a balance between like mostly really dirty one liners, and especially with Freddy, and then 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 there's enough gore in it to keep it hard. But well, he, his stuff always has like that dark humor to it, which is part of the reason why I love this stuff. Well, you know what's interesting is that, but yet yeah, you've seen, have you seen the original Last House on the Left, Kevin? Yes. Okay. That that movie's not funny. No. At no, no. all. Like it, <laughs> it, that movie really makes you want to like go take a shower and like take a Brillo pad to your eyeballs. So there's no humor yeah. in it at all, which I know actually Craven, I think I've, I've read in some interviews and things has said, that after that, he realized he wanted maybe to lighten up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and and I'm not going to say exactly what my pick is, but I'll give a hint that it was around that same time period. And I think relates nicely to tonight's movie. Uh, subsequent movies he did, like what he, you're saying, Kevin, with Friday 13th. I mean, not Friday 13th. Whoops. Ho, ha, horror faux pas. Nightmare on Whoa, Elm Street. You're just, you're just losing your but, gore that's, card That's there. like staying Star Trek and Star Wars and mixing them up, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the original... I assume Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, I I, that, sa- I said it. I said it. So, <laughs> a Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. I don't really think Freddy's funny at all. Like, I think he's just. Cr- I mean, he. You know. I mean, like, what's his one liner in that? This is God. I mean, like, that's he's more like Pinhead, you know, in yeah, Hellraiser. Yeah. But now you start getting into two and beyond, which I know Craven was involved two and three, and then came back in uh, New Nightmare, uh, which yeah. I personally think is very underrated. But that's just me. And it has Gage from Pet Cemetery in it. <laughs> And, uh, but two is where he started with a, you've got the body, I've got the brain, you know, that's definitely where the, the stuff, but he was still a little dark in that one. Three, which is awesome. I mean, dream warriors kicks all kinds of ass. Dream warriors. Yeah. Badass. What's that? The hearing aid thing. It was the the Spanish kid. He takes the hearing aid out. And in the end, like he has like the thing grow out of his ear. Was that, was that dream warriors that that happened? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm, I'm well. Dream Warriors. I remember was the whole "Welcome to Prime Time, bitch," and he yeah. slams her head to the TV. Uh, spoiler alert. And the kid that had the the, the fantasy obsession oh, the he was the wizard. Oh wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Yeah. The, the nurse, the tongue tied. You know what I'm talking oh. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The wizard. Yeah. And the heroin addict. That chick. Yeah. Yep. Yep. With the little what mouth. Rush. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that one definitely was camping it up. And then you get, and I, and I, I'm personally, I love Dream Master. I don't give a damn. I don't care who knows it. Rennie Harlan directed it. 
I love it. I don't care. Uh, Dream Child, nah. Uh, Freddy's Dead, ah, I saw that in the theater. I love the fact that it was like 3D and three parts for like five minutes each, and you had to keep taking the glasses on and off. I will never forget that. It was really a letdown. And that also had Roseanne and Tom Arnold in it when they were married as in a cameo. You know oh, yeah. a horror movie is going down the crapper when. <laughs> <sighs> Did I digress? I, don't, I didn't mean to digress there. So, I, don't think, I don't know what the hell we were even talking about But, but now, they look so. at like Deadly Friend. You look at Shocker, um, you, which I haven't seen Shocker looked at. I really want to do Shocker at some point because that's been so long. You know what's I, funny is one of the things I read is that Craven actually talked about redoing Shocker. Oh, really? Un- until he redid Last House on the Left. And oh. then just no talk of remakes anymore. <laughs> because it, why? Because it tanked. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, because he mentioned that he would like to redo it, he would like. He actually mentioned he'd like to redo People Under the Stairs. Really? And shock. Yeah, as his two, as the two ones he'd like to redo. But after Last House and Left really didn't do well, and it's in a remake, uh, there was no further discussion of Shocker or People Under the Stairs. So. Well, and the thing about, and I just want to address this real quick, because I I think that what I do appreciate about Craven, I realize his filmography is can be hit and miss, but at least the guy's out there doing it, right? Oh, yeah, and the hits he at least has are substantial, freaking amazing iconic, hits. but he's been involved in so many things that were, you know, pretty major, but then, of course, he has cursed. I'll never get that. I'll never scrub that movie enough out of my brain. <laughs> Did you see it, Kevin? Uh, no. Oh, my God. Why do I, why? It's like, I was like, I, I had, now, the only thing I didn't do, I did not go see My Soul to Take. I was like, you know what, Wes, uh, you, 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 bur- you know, you burned me with that. Then I went to Music of the Heart thinking for sure I was going to see uh, Meryl Streep with like a butcher knife. <laughs> and I get violins and shit. Uh, Red Eye was pretty good. Uh, well. Did you see Red Eye? Red Eye was actually, it was a thriller. It was, more, it was definitely, yeah, but that was, that was pretty good. But, but anyway, yeah. yeah, it was good. I like the hills have eyes. Yeah. Okay, shut up. Does that count? Shut up. We aren't, we aren't mentioning that one yet. There's a reason why I've avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying why that reason is, Jay, but okay. So, <laughs> so, so, so the the fact is though he's been involved in some great stuff, and he would I love and I loved in People Under Stairs. You really could see this, and also him again, him his background with being a professor and and his academic background. Right. You could do, totally see like the opening, the fact that the the layout of the tarot cards. He sets up the yeah. hero, literally like he's talking about like the hero's journey. I mean, he's like talking about and the idea yeah. of the fool and the archetype, the, the, the fact that he has those little elements in it, as well as all the details. No, I think it was the setup was fantastic. It was, it was almost a Ulysses esque kind of a journey. Yeah, there was definitely a journey, even though it was up. in a house. It was all in a house, but it was a journey. Right. But but it was. I mean, that's the same thing. If you if you read the Odyssey, it's really just about it, it feels like it's a very, very small area because it's just really a travel uh, journey through the Mediterranean. But the same thing with full. It was really just in this house. And the opening shot was fantastic because it did nothing but focus on different elements of that same card. Yeah. And, for, and, and so, foreshadow everything in a sense that was going to happen. Oh God, the dog and the stepping off the uh-huh, cliff. Uh-huh. And the, I mean, yeah, it was it was really, really good setup. And it was so subtle that you don't really catch it the first time you watch it because you don't think about the fact that Fool jumps off a roof, which is really a cliff, and he has to make a choice, and you've got the dog, and you've got the the conscious element of telling him what's right and what's wrong and going higher, which she mentions a couple of times. So I think that the the real brilliance of this wasn't necessarily in I mean, I think it was good wasn't necessarily in his directing. I think it was in his writing. 
yeah. um, because the fact that he wrote this and really the elements that played together so subtly throughout um, were my favorite parts of it um, as it as we watched it. So, so on that note. Kevin, would you like to tell us your pick? Sure. Um, the pick that I picked is Suicide Kings from 1997. Now, that's a rap group. Yes. Exactly <laughs> right. You pale, pale man. <laughs> I, I am, in fact, a pale writer. <laughs> but yeah, it's from 1997, and um, Sean Whalen, who plays Roach, has a very, very brief part in it it's probably not longer than a minute um he, he just basically plays a guy in a story that they're telling but uh who comes away, does, he, does he walk out and go and then gets into a taxi and leaves <laughs> no but but to, to drive the point home about how weird he is he ages and gets 30 times weirder looking <laughs> but he's he's basically a, a blackjack dealer, and there's no reason why they would say like weird it up. But when he comes out, he's full on weird. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I actually I I don't believe Joel's seen this. I don't know if you've seen it, Jason. Um, it's been a while, but I have actually seen it. Dennis Leary, Christopher Walken's in it, right? Yep. Um, Sean Patrick Flannery from uh, he's yeah. in a couple of the Saw movies in Boondock Saints. Yeah, yeah. Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond is is one of the guys in it. Yeah. And uh I will I will do a much shorter synopsis than than Jason has ever done in his life. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read what IMDb had and then just do a quick little thing. Uh ex-mob boss Christopher Walken is kidnapped by a group of four kids in a haphazard attempt at paying for the ransom for another separate kidnapping. Complexities arise as the group cannot seem to do anything right. Who the hell wrote this? You probably don't want to know. Okay. But uh, it, it, it's a really good movie that seems pretty straightforward, but about halfway through, there's a fair amount of twists. And uh, and it's directed by Peter O'Fallon, who apparently hasn't done pretty much anything else in his life. And, uh, <laughs> Written by a couple people who have either produced a few random things, such as "Dude, Where's My Car," or um, brought brought to you by. I, I had to dig deep to find that one. IMDb actually rejected when they tried to enter that, but um, <laughs> when you tried to when you, when you tried to enter "Dude, Where's My Car." <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. We they don't send you an email. Wait, they send you an email. Like, how did, how did you get my email address? Oh. Yeah. Dear, dear IMDb user. No longer use our search function for movies such as Dude, Where's My Car? Oh, no, IMDb actually rejected Dude, Where's My Car? They have the Kim Kardashian sex tape, but uh, rejected Dude, Where's My Car? (laughs) (laughs) Because there's nothing like KK. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Good pick, good pick, Kev. (laughs) It's an awesome movie, and if you haven't seen it, I would strongly recommend it. And obviously anything Christopher Walken in is in is awesome and oh yeah dennis leary is his normal self which i find hilarious and they reference something called the busket so how how could it not be funny <laughs> i mean with the yeah, busket, anything christopher course. walken is on my list so you, this is this is definitely a good one if you youtube just youtube if nothing else youtube um suicide king's busket and they have the clip on there and it's fucking hilarious <laughs> okay i'm trusting you <laughs> Which is my first mistake. It does, not, 
it does not take you to the Kim Kardashian video. I can promise that. So. <laughs> he tried many, many times. So, Jay, what's your pick? Go ahead. I actually went with another Wes Craven. I went with an earlier one because I love the 70s horror stuff. What um, year is this? Whoa, 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 whoa. What year is this? Easy. I'm going to go into it. I love the 70s horror style and the way that those movies are put together. And this one reminds me very much of that, even though it is 1981. <sighs> That the the film you actually lucky came out. Bastard. I know. I'm not lucky. I'm not. I'm just <laughs> stupid. And so, <laughs> no. I actually went with Deadly Blessing from Wes Craven. Have you guys seen that? Is that the one with Linda Blair? Um, no, that it, was no, it has the Sharon Witch, Stone. Right? It's Sharon Stone and Ernest Borgnine. It's the um, was it a TV movie? The one with what? Was it a TV movie? No, no, it was set in Amish country. It's where they they. Um, uh, I think you made this loose. movie up. I don't even think this movie. Oh, is that the one with Woody Harrelson? Ah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, we don't got a cow. We got a bull. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's safe to say we neither of us have seen it. <laughs> yeah, safe to say. <laughs> it's one of it's one of Wes Craven's earliest. Wait, I've witness, seen it witness. Long... You're thinking of witness. You said Amish, right? <laughs> Wait, was that? Was that Han Solo that was in that one? Yeah, that... he shot first. Was he the warlock? <laughs> he shot the Amish kid first. Country and yeah, okay, I remember that one. No, this is an early West Craven. And I actually, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but this has got a very young, very hot Sharon Stone in it. Ernest Borgnine plays an elder Amish man that they've basically buried this demon um, creature, this demon guy that comes back to life, and these young college girls accidentally set it back uh, on its mission to kill and it's it's really good it's kind of freaky it's got some amazing scenes definitely look up there's a um there's a scene in it that freaked me out i actually stopped the movie the first time i started watching it as a kid and went back and had to watch it again but there's a scene where sharon stone's in bed kind of dreaming and she uncrosses she uncrosses her legs and the demon comes for her yeah i bet you rebound that scene as a kid close um the the thing reaches onto her head and says open your mouth and she opens her mouth wider <laughs> wait, 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 dude, wait 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 wider wait. and her mouth goes like super wide and a giant spider comes from the ceiling and goes into her mouth and then she wakes up <gasps> oh my god it was a dream or was it <laughs> <laughs> it was my dream, so shut up and book. <laughs> I was the spider. <laughs> go, you go straight to hell. Go to hell. Burn in hell. Yeah. So, yeah. Deadly blessings. You got to look it up. I put the. Uh, I'll put the trailer up on Facebook. I am familiar with the title. Uh, just, I can recall the the video box art. I I, I think. Are you sure that's that? Because he did several TV movies. He did the one with Linda Blair that was like based on a young adult horror novel. Something about a witch. Yeah, Linda Blair is not. Summer of Fear sure. or something like that. I can't remember if that was the book title or the movie. Um, he did one with uh, Paul Sorvino called Chiller. They came out like in 85. That was a TV movie. Yeah. He did. Um, I, I, Come on. Come on. I'm trying to think it was a TV movie, though. Maybe no, did, the Stranger in Her House. Are you talking about Stranger in Her House? Maybe that's I it. mean, that was a TV movie. No, this is a full on film. This was after The Hills Have Eyes. Okay. Because that came out in 77. Yep. And this is 81. But no, this was a film. I mean, I remember watching it on VHS. Well, I mean, but... it was a TV movie. It was a film. But it was just, you know, probably more toned down and not particularly. 
right. Not actually, not actually uh, scary, Jason. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm just kidding because there's been some scary crap on TV. Anybody else see the uh, trilogy of terror, the last one? Pray. Remember the little uh, Zuni fetish doll? Remember that? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That'll make you poop your pants. (laughs) No. Well, most born ass. What's your pick? Well, since you spoiled it 18 times, it's Hills Have Eyes from 1977. Uh, it is one of my personal favorites, not just of Mr. Craven, but in general. I, I've always enjoyed it. I like a good, crazy survival horror-type movie, as Jason knows, like Frozen. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I, I find this movie to be much more horrifying than Frozen, Jason. You'll be happy to know. That movie sucks ass, oh, so that's all you me. Um, so, no. Only th- because if the girl had died in the oh, end and been hit here we by go. Here we trailer, go. Captain Nihilism. Captain Nihilism showed up. Oh, on. yeah. Oh, she should have got hit by head popped like a cherry. Whatever. We sucked. Ski you lamps. have children? Come on. You are a heartless bastard. So, anyway. Uh, I loved it, by the way. Th- thank you, Kevin. You whore assholes. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm going to love the next few weeks, folks. I'm telling you, I'm going to love it. Should we just change the title to Beat the Shit Out of Jason? <laughs> yeah. Every October. Yeah. Episode one. <laughs> That'd be perfect. <laughs> All right, I'll come back and help you with it. Oh, I guess. <laughs> Fine, if I've got to. So, At least I do remember the Hills Have Eyes have that creepy-eyed guy, Michael Berryman, who... Yes, Pluto. Because... Yes. <laughs> Yes, I do love that. Yeah, it is basically the story of a suburban, you know, kind of white, middle to upper middle class family and their vacation-esque, you know, grand wagoneer, whatever it is, going through this desert, this desert area. And it's, I, the implication is it was some type of like testing site for like nuclear bombs or something, right? Wasn't that, I seem to recall that being a, an element. Uh, and on the way, they run afoul of this family of, let's just say... As, Strange la- as Lance would like to call them, primitives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these folks really are. And there's been a series, uh, you know, probably inbreeding for multiple generations. They're cannibal. And the, the two families are kind of battling for survival. And this group of supposedly civilized people are, end up having to escalate things themselves in order to survive. And that's what's interesting about it is Craven really uses it. To, to examine like, okay, well, people that are civilized and, oh, I would never lower myself to that level and that kind of thing. And, and the nature of violence and the fact that these people that were the most, you know, like, like especially one character in particular who's this very kind of peaceful, you know, thoughtful, academic kind of guy ends up kind of maybe going over the edge the most potentially. And it's, it's just an interesting idea. And, and what's really fascinating is actually based loosely on a old, old true story, uh, uh, Sonny Bean or Shawnee Bean, how you pronounce it. It's an old Scottish story about a family in the Scottish Highlands that lived in a cave and generation upon generation inbred and there was cannibalism involved. Um, and that's what it was based on. Much like People Under the Stairs was actually based on a news article that was about a couple that had kept some kids trapped in their basement and, and that's what inspired the thought. And I think he same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street. He'd gotten the story from a news article. So obviously... Yep. Mr. Craven hanging out in news archives. Um, and as we'll see from next week's episode, I pointed out, uh, turns out libraries, good place to get movie ideas. Studio execs. <laughs> so yeah, so Hills Have Eyes. Um, Good on you, Mr. Craven. Keep going to the yes. library and reading the newspaper. Yes, it is a classic. It, it is a horror film. I mean, there's no supernatural element, but I, I would argue 
it is definitely a horror film. Um, in the- See, I would I would group it like almost from people under the stairs that you would you could argue that there's creatures and the the addition of creatures makes it a horror movie. Yes, too. I agree with that too. And I also think what's funny is I think there's a lot of similarities between the two. Yeah. Be- because the fact that the in in the people under the stairs, you know, it's almost as if the people that would have been the ones in the station wagon in Hills Have Eyes are these the depraved, just crazy psycho can even the cannibalism's there, you know, they have the inbred clan that they control you know, there's a lot of similarities. Um mm-hmm. but as opposed to the sort of, you know, upper middle class white suburban family, you've got this kid coming out of the projects. He's the one. And of course he has a much better time of it than the, <laughs> the people in uh, uh, the Hills have eyes, but yeah, it, it's a classic highly recommend. So there well, it is. And going back to kind of your comment about um, being terror films. I think that when we talk about, especially the blend of these movies coming together, it's really about fear. It's not so much about, you know, horror element of talking about supernatural or whatever. It's really just about um, creating fear or as was it Bela Lugosi said, it's that those movies are not about creating fear, but releasing fear um, that that's what those movies come to. So it, it doesn't have to necessarily be about um, the supernatural or some kind of a, a creature from beyond, but um, the fact that it, it creates a fear in, within us that, that makes them good, which is what I think People on the Stairs does fairly well. Well, and I think I think that's a good point, Jason. Yelling. Jason, I think it's, I'm actually giving you credit here for something, so pay attention. <laughs> I think that's a good Whoa. point. Um, I do want to add the added element, though. I think it's fear, but it's fear of the unknown. So either the, the oh yeah yeah because I think the problem is is that if you say just fear, for instance, I would like for I love Silence of the Lambs. I don't think of that as a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's a suspenseful, intense, awesome movie. It's I don't think of it as a horror movie. It's got horrifying elements to it, much like being an right. FBI, you know, uh, agent that would study serial killers would be a horrifying job. But I don't think of it in the same way as say like how X Files had true horror elements within it. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Exactly. And I think it's it is about fear because you t- you talk about when Clarice at the end when she's trying to hunt down Buffalo Bill and they they the camera shots are pretty much down her the barrel of her gun when she can't see a thing. But that's not horror. I mean, that's, that's suspense. Like that's just straight up. That's exactly, well, yeah. But it's but it's fear. It's it's terror. It's it's yeah. But what I'm saying is is that I think primal with horror- feelings. It's not about you know whether or not there's gore, whether or not there's killing, but it's it's about. I don't know what's there. I don't have any control. And that's what makes me afraid. It's like you said, the fear of the unknown. Well, I think that the, I guess the only catch to that would be is there's plenty of movies that would be classified as quote unquote horror movies, but are completely lacking in suspense. So I I think that, I think that the suspense element is necessary, but there are plenty of movies that have suspense that aren't horror. I mean, you know what I mean? I think suspense really comes about when we are able to somewhat empathize and project ourselves into the person that's a victim. And like you're saying, you know, they can't escape thus. We can't escape. And like with the whole thing with Clarice at the end, I don't want to give it away in case you haven't seen it. And what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, (laughs) But, but that whole, every time I see that scene, every time out of context, like not watching any of the other, I'll turn it on. It's on TV. That scene makes my sphincter tighten. Oh yeah! Oh, like absolutely. every time. But it's but that and that's the yeah. craftsmanship of Jonathan Demi and the fact that it was so you know, perfectly constructed as as a suspenseful sequence. But I still wouldn't call that scene. It's horrifying what's happening to her, but it's not right. 
what I would define as, I wouldn't call it, say that makes it a horror movie. It's just very suspenseful. Now, I personally feel like it has to have unknown. So like Halloween, I say horror movie because he's called The Shape. We, we you can assume there's something supernatural about him because he could take multiple bullet shots and get the hell up. You know, I, you know there's something <laughs> yeah. else going on there. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. he's a dream demon. Uh, you know, there's something there that goes beyond the norm like and i'm not saying serial yeah. killers are normal but within the context of the no. world we live in they do now like scream i guess you could make the argument then is scream a horror movie it's got a mystery it's it's it, i no, would define I, it as more it, of a mystery thriller i think it's more of a thriller yeah, I it's think a mystery it is, thriller. I, mean, I don't know what it's classified as but i see you're, you're talking about human elements you're talking about um all human aspects very scary ones but it's not it doesn't go into that element of or, you know, and, and again, we, we keep going round and round on this and we've had for, gosh, almost two years now that the fact that what is horror really, and I think it just comes back to, you know, what scares the hell out of you. And if that does, then you can call it horror if you like. So, but yeah, I guess. Don't we have a third person on this? <laughs> hey, Kevin, are you there? I was there? actually thinking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and how that would fit in because there's no monster or demon in that either. But, but here's the difference. No. I would say it, that one's horror because... There is, it's literally so maddening that the unknown is there's no psychological, it's literally a nightmare. Like it plays out like a utter and complete nightmare. Like technically, you know, like hostile movies, like that would be quote unquote horror movies. But I don't find, I guess it's also finding that delineation between movies that you find like enjoyable horror. Because like people on the stairs has got some grisly parts in it. I mean, you think about it, it's disturbing. The guy's running around in a gimp costume and rubbing his crotch, looking at like a twelve year old girl. I mean, it's some disturbing shit in that movie. <laughs> but but for some reason, it's palatable. For some reason, there's that line, and yeah. Craven manages to just you know kind of just skip along the line as opposed to going over to it like okay, yeah, this is like now. Whereas Left House on the Left, I would argue he totally just not only crosses it, but like turns around, takes <laughs> a dump on it, pisses on it, you know. Sets it on fire, you know. <laughs> kind of like in Candyman. Yeah, like what he did in Candyman. <laughs> you know, Candyman 3, Day of the Dead. That was the one where he really just... <laughs> oh, and, wait, wait, and sometimes, sometimes they come back again. <laughs> I think that was his other great classic that he didn't direct. Are we done with this ass-whooping yet? <laughs> um, Hold on. Let me see. I got anything else that would be... Uh, Leprechaun uh, 4, was it, where he was in Da Hood? Wasn't that the... I think that was a Wes Craven picture. Um, hold on. Hold on. Uh, there was, in the 90s, there was a spate of movies that came out where they were trying to do, like, some kind of creature franchise, so they would do, like, Pinocchio or, like, Rumpelstiltskin, things of that nature. I'm pretty sure Wes Craven was involved in every single one of those. <laughs> I think it's worth pointing out that um, Wes Craven actually did do a uh, Walt Disney, the wonderful world of color. Remember the family friendly. Yep. He did. There's always a Disney connection. Damn it. Always. There always is. He did a Walt Disney, wonderful world of color, an episode uh, called case busters. It was kind of a, you know, it was about Nancy an inbred Drew. family. <laughs> they lived in the mountains and hid kids under their stairs. But and... they let them catch butterflies during the uh, night. <laughs> they could, yeah, they could catch fireflies at night and keep. Then them they in. picked the wings off. Yeah, <laughs> and ate them. Yes. 
fed them to a strange mouse. And then had sex with their sisters. <laughs> it's a Disney joint. It's in the vault. It'll come out in special edition soon. <laughs> On DVD with a picture of a penis in the castle. So For two, for two days only. <laughs> so Jason, you want him with some knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> Try not okay, to screw we're still up. listening. <laughs> yeah. Doubtful. <laughs> Yes, not likely. Um, no, check us out on our website. We've got all kinds of really good stuff, as we mentioned before, coming out on the website, this uh, Spooky Flex Fest. We've got some awesome top 10 um, lists from a couple of really cool people, including our boy Kevin here. Um, so you got to check it out on ForgottenFlix.com. That's Flix with an X. We're also on Facebook. We have the group where we talk about all kinds of stuff, movies, even beyond what we do in the podcast. So check us out there. Or you can check Forgotten Flicks as the fan page where we put up all of our podcast episodes as well as some trailers and some other stuff for upcoming movies that we're going to cover. Um, if you want to chat with us, you can check me out at Jason at ForgottenFlicks.com or Joel at ForgottenFlicks.com. And by all means, for everything that is holy, you have to check out Kevin Spencer at inkspatters.com. Yeah, I would have said everything the... that's unholy. <laughs> unholy. Oh, no, no. It's all holy stuff. It's There's lots of crosses and um... – <laughs> They're just upside down. Exactly. But it's the most kick-ass art I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite um, uh, uh, pieces of artwork. I love your stuff. And my one of his favorite asses art. to shove his nose up. <laughs> yes, it is. I am because he's here. Uh, I absolutely – my favorite piece by all – all accounts is your painting of the Joker, which I think is fen phenomenal. So um, our favorite artist. Yeah. I kind of like your shit too, Kevin. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have to thank Kevin, you know, because he gives us free stuff and we love him. <laughs> and of course, thank you. And we JV. Thank JV. Ah, see yep. jinx. Yes. We think ah, beer, Coke, uh, I see gin, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yes. <laughs> thank you, JV for the great spoiler alert. And of course, Thank you, Kevin, for being on with us. We really appreciate it. Any final words, Kevin? Uh, thank you, guys. And uh, I just wanted to point out, too, on the Facebook group, um, it's I, I usually just lurk. I don't I, I choose my words wisely, but um, there's people contributing a ton of stuff, and there's always good stuff on there. So if you haven't checked it out, it's absolutely worth checking out. And, uh, and it just gets better pretty much daily with the stuff that people post on there. So... I, I guess that's about it. And thanks for having me. And I rest easy knowing that Lance Henriksen will always curse more than me. So I don't feel that bad. 